Well, tonight, uh, this, like I said, is such a, a tremendous time of the year uh, when we get together, uh, when Passover comes, and it just kind of initiates and starts everything uh, that God set up. This is not something man set up. This is something God set up. So tonight, I want us, as we're preparing, remember Sunday, we were preparing for Resurrection Sunday, things we could do to prepare for uh, Resurrection Sunday. Are any of you doing those things? If you're helping Sister Janet with evangelism team and inviting people to the church and tell them about Jesus, well, that was one of them. Uh, as uh, they did what Jesus told them to do, and then they told others about Jesus and, and his, his, what he was doing. So that's so important. And, uh, but tonight, we're going to be kind of, I want to I uh, give you the theology of why we are going to gather together on Friday and uh, for our Good Friday service and why we're going to be taking communion together on Good Friday. For communion in the Christian's life, according to the teaching of the Scripture, is like our Passover. It is like our Passover. And uh, whereas Jesus kind of stood with one foot in the Old Covenant and one foot to initiate the new covenant at the end of the Passover Seder he then takes bread from the Seder and fruit of the vine from the Seder and he takes that and he initiates this the Lord's Supper uh, so there's a transition that he made for us um, many times we've had the actual Seder meal kind of just to tie into the our roots uh, our Jewish roots of which our Old Testament and our Savior comes from uh, but we don't want to get so tied up in the past that we miss our covenant blessings now because the covenant we have now is better. The covenant we have is better. You read in Hebrews, we have a high priest, Jesus Christ, who's a better high priest, who cut a better covenant for us, built on better promises, built not on the blood of a lamb that walks on four legs, but built upon the blood of the Lamb of God, uh, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. So, so we don't want to miss that importance because if we don't make the transition, we're going to still be living, hoping one day we can have breakthrough, hoping one day we can be delivered, hoping one day we could be healed, hoping one day we could have victory. But I'm telling you what, we're not hoping for that. In Christ, we have it. We have access to it today through the blood of Jesus Christ. So we're going to look at this blood-bought freedom and I'm going to open up and just read a verse of Scripture to you, uh, Leviticus 17, 11. Uh, I don't have it on the overhead, so just listen to me here. Uh, it's just one verse, but let me tell you, it's so powerful. It talks about the sanctity of blood that, that God has set up. And he says in verse 11, For the life of the flesh, or the life of the creature, is in the blood. God says, the way I created you, the way I created you is to make blood central. Without blood, there's no life. Blood stops flowing to your finger, your finger dies. Blood stops flowing to your toe, your toe dies. Life of the creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar. So God says, I have chosen this for you, that blood would go upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. So God says there's a brokenness in you that through sin nature calls death and separation between you and God. He says, but I'm going to let blood go on the altar. And when the blood goes on the altar, it's going to be an atonement and it's going to be bringing life back to what the enemy tried to kill. So now you can have a life with God. You can have the life of God, that abundant life 
that Jesus talks about. He says, I've come to give you abundant life, that life that's more abundant. So that's where the blood flow, where the blood comes in, life comes in. It's as though you had a tourniquet around your arm and your hand was uh, turning darker and darker and darker and the cells were dying because there was a lack of blood going to it. it was, that was our soul. That was our soul. But Jesus came and shed his blood to take basically the tourniquet, the bondage off so that for those that would receive what he has done for them, the blood would flow into and bring life. And Jesus said it's not just life, it's abundant life. So that's what we want, the abundant life of God flowing in you, in your soul, in your heart, in your, in your inner being, so that you can, your emotions, your will, your, your, your whole inner heart can be living that abundant life. And from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's in our life, the issues of life flow out of our heart. We need our heart to be set free so that we can be free in every area on the exterior. The internal needs to be taken care of, and God said <clears throat> he does that with blood. He set it up. He was so infatu uh, 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 emphatic about setting this up so that we would never forget it that he gives us these seven main feasts that he uh, spells out in detail. And I keep going over them, and I know you probably think, oh, we've seen this before, but this is God. This is his calendar. This is his plan. And I believe if it's God who created us, it's worthy for us to know it. It's worthy for us to know it well enough that we could share it with others. We could share it with our children and next generation. And I think that's very, very important because uh, the lack of knowledge, God says, my people perish for lack of knowledge and he who knows uh, the son uh, is set free so we need to know what the son has done for us so God had these seven feasts and they're pointing towards uh, all that Jesus was going to do for us and the first four are in the springtime that's why this is this is so important but where we're at today and we're going into this week and this Friday and then this Sunday because this is what starts off the four spring feasts and as you know feast of Passover we've been talking about we'll be celebrating uh, on Friday night with Good Friday but at this is our Passover season here. And that was to commemorate the day that the lamb was slain and that lamb's blood was put on the doorpost and the lintel of the house. We'll talk more about that uh, as we come forward, but go forward in this message. But Passover to the Jew, uh, in that Jewish tradition and understanding of what God taught, is a lot like the 4th of July for us. Uh, if you wanted to make a comparison there, Fourth uh, of July for us is a declaration of independence. Uh, we were in bondage. We were in slavery, you might would say. And, uh, and I know the comparison fails if you take it letter by letter, but, but it, uh, for the Passover is their declaration of independence. That we've come out of Egypt, we've come out of slavery, and all of this signifies we're coming out from under the bondage of the enemy. The enemy is not going to hold us down anymore. So Passover took place at the exact same time with the Israelites uh, in Egypt when they killed the lamb and they put the blood on the doorpost uh, on that same day. I mean, this is God now. 2,500 uh, 2, years later, 
2,500 years later, on that same exact day when the righteous priests were in the temple and they were shedding the blood of the lamb for Passover and the unrighteous priests were out there having, make, making sure that Jesus was being nailed on the cross. It all happened at the same time. The Bible even tells us what time Jesus was crucified. On the same day, at the same time, his blood was shed on a cross and as the Lamb of God shedding his blood for us. Now, do you think that's coincidence? No way. There is no way that 2,500 years passes and it's still on the same exact time. That lamb that was in Egypt, that his blood was placed upon each of the doorposts and the lintel to give them freedom and deliverance is pointing to Jesus Christ who is going to set us free from bondage. That's why I'm not going to, as your pastor, I'm not going to let you live in bondage. I'm not going to let you live in depression. I'm not going to let you live in sickness and disease. I'm not going to let you live in poverty. I'm not going to let you live... <clears throat> with the enemy holding you down when I know what God has provided in and through His Son Jesus Christ shedding His blood for us. Then you move to the, that, that Feast of Unleavened Bread and when Jesus was being buried at the same time there in Israel they were taking the Feast of Unleavened Bread for He was our sinless sacrifice. Leaven represents sin. Unleavened bread represented the sin had been removed. Jesus is the sinless sacrifice for us. And then Feast of First Fruits. three days later is when Jesus was what? Resurrected. He came out of the grave as the first fruits. First fruits means there's fruit to follow. And that is every one of us, if we die before the return of Christ, if we die before the rapture, the Bible says what? The dead in Christ shall what? Rise first. First. We shall rise first, and then they who are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet Jesus in the air. Why? Because Jesus is our first fruit. Will it happen? Yes, it will. It will happen just as much as the resurrection happened. And let me tell you what, you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to be anxious about the future. And you have to be anxious about those who have died in Christ because of the first fruits, Jesus being the first fruit, they will be raised as well. And then three days after the Passover lamb, uh, you know, Israel is parted, uh, uh, going through the parted Red Sea, coming out of slavery and bondage, going into the promised land. And so we are to come up out of, the, uh, delivered from the bondage and come up into our promises. That's why he says this new covenant that has been written in the blood of Jesus, a better blood, not blood of a bull or not blood of a, a, a goat or blood of a dove. He said, but the blood of the precious Lamb of God so that his blood wrote that covenant and gave us better promises. Just like Israel came out of Egypt through the Red Sea into the promised land, so we are to come into the promises of God. Then there's a, a Feast of Pentecost, which is 50 days later. Moses got the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai uh, that, at this time. Uh, the power of the Word of God, the Torah, which is so important, is the foundation of our Scriptures. Uh, 50 days uh, after the resurrection, Jesus, what do we get? Pentecost. And this year, when we celebrate Pentecost, we're going to be actually having our 25th anniversary here at the church as well. So it's going to be a tremendous time. On Mount Sinai, God gave his word and there was lightning and thunder. And guess what? On the day of Pentecost, when we got the Holy Ghost so uh, we could live in the word and live out the word, there was lightning and thunder as well. 
Uh, there's no coincidence in this. This is the plan of God. Those are the four spring feasts. Uh, you know, Passover correlates with crucifixion, unleavened bread, Jesus' burial, uh, first fruits, Jesus' resurrection, Pentecost, his ascension, and sending us the Holy Spirit to live in us and flow through us. Those feasts had been fulfilled. Now we celebrate their meaning. We celebrate the fulfillment of it. That's why we don't want to get stuck in the old and fail to do and walk in the freedom of the new. Now, in part, the, the fall feast have been, uh, the provisions have been made for us in Christ, but there's some of, the, some of the aspects of it that is not yet fulfilled. So when we come to the Feast of Trumpets in the fall, Rosh Hashanah, that's the new year uh, when the old is past and everything becomes new. That correlates with the rapture that is yet to take place. It's, it's uh, not a coincidence that it's the Feast of Trumpets. And the Bible talks about when the last trump shall sound, that's when uh, we're going to see in the twinkling of an eye that we're going to be caught up to meet the Lord, Lord in the air. So some people saw, think the last trump, uh, for the rapture means those trumpets that, that are when the seals and the bowls and the trumpets are done in Revelation, they think when it's the last one. So they get into mid-trib and they get into post-trib and all kinds of different theological viewpoints. But when you understand the feast, Rosh Hashanah is the feast of trumpets and it's the, uh, the sound of jubilee. And everybody wasn't free until the last trumpet was sounded. Remember, I've given you that teaching where they would blow the trumpet there from the tabernacle or from the tip for the front for the tabernacle, and uh, it would go out into because you got millions uh, with all of the twelve tribes encamped about. You've got millions of people, and they can't hear what's going on at central headquarters. So each of the priests at certain regional distances were to listen, and when they would hear the trumpet coming from the tabernacle, then they would to stand and blow the trumpet in the opposite direction so that everybody could hear. And when everybody, when they heard the sound of the trumpet, their deliverance, their jubilee, their freedom, their blessing, their, their, their uh, anointing, everything that came with it was theirs at the sound of it. So God was not finished until the last person on the last outer courts would hear that last trumpet sound. See, God cares about everybody. Did you know that he cares about all of us? You think, wow, God cares about this famous person or he cares about this popular person. He cares about you. He cares about every one of us. And he says, and not until the last one is heard is there going to be a full release of Jubilee. Praise God. So uh, there's Rosh Hashanah that will be coming up this September. And then there's the Feast of Atonement, that Sham Kippur. Uh, that correlates with the second coming of Christ when Jesus said, actually will come place his feet back on this earth the Bible talks about. And, uh, and the Bible talks about that he's going to uh, establish his kingdom here. But we know that there's going to be seven years of uh, tribulation uh, that takes place between the rapture and his, seventh, uh, and his second coming. Three and a half of those years will be somewhat of a fake peace, but then there'll be three and a half years of great turmoil that will take place, but Jesus will come, and he will right the wrong, as he's promised, and then ten days after Rosh Hashanah, we go to Yom Kippur, and then the final one is Sukkot, or the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, where he establishes his kingdom, 
and, uh, and he tabernacles with us. He dwells here. And boy, there's a teaching in that that I love. When you talk, remember I talked about the gates and how they go out and they get the silver pitcher and the gold pitcher and the living water and they go and get the, uh, the palm branches and then they come, okay, and the flutist. Remember all that? Okay, some of you say, I don't know. Well, just stick with us. And when we get around that, those feasts, it is absolutely amazing. It is amazing. But tonight, we're studying about the significance of the blood at the Feast of Passover. And this is when Israel was freed from Egyptian bondage by the blood of the Lamb. So the blood bought their freedom. Uh, and nothing else, no war, nothing else. It was the blood of the Lamb bought their freedom. That's how God set it up. And it's the feast that releases grace and favor and protection. So I want you to get ready to receive that tonight, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. This is all God reminding us that I've done this to release grace upon your life and to release favor upon your life and to release protection upon your life and release provision upon your life and release promotion upon your life. But you got to believe and receive. You're only going to receive what you believe. Sometimes we, we fail to receive it because we don't believe it. Well, I'm, going here, I'm here to remind you of what God has done so that you can place your faith in Him and what He has provided to believe so that you can receive His grace and protection and favor and blessings and promotion in your life. Anybody ready to receive it? Yeah. Amen. Jesus is our Passover lamb. So it was through His death, we're free. So you can declare tonight, I'm free. Jesus has already died. It was already shed His blood. So if I'm living in bondage, it's not God's fault. If I'm living in bondage, it may be an information problem, it may be a lack of faith problem, it may be I'm confused problem, but it's not God's fault. He has shed His blood to set you free, and He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So now let's get our faith up to believe and receive it and freedom in all areas of our life because through His death, we're made free. Through His death, we're made alive. Through his, he went to the grave to free us from the grave. So don't live in depression. Don't live in defeat. He took on poverty to free us from poverty. So you can know right now, you do not have to live the rest of your life in poverty. There is a way out of poverty, and it is through the blood of Jesus Christ. He took on our shame to free us from all shame. Don't live with shame on your life. He was despised so that you and I could be accepted. He took stripes upon his back. What? For our healing. So there's sickness in your body. Don't think you've got to live with it the rest of your life. Don't just settle in. You need to, you need to, you need to get a grit, some grit in you and say, wait a minute. I'm not going to allow this to just rule and reign in my body. I'm not going to allow this to continue in my body because Jesus Christ took stripes upon his back for our healing. He was bruised for our iniquity. Family curses, break them off. You don't have to be as crazy as the ones that were before you were crazy. You don't have to be as sick as the ones that were before you that were sick. You don't have to be in his bondage as the ones before you were in bondage. Let me tell you what. Generational curses are, are we've had the power to break them through the blood of Jesus Christ. He was crowned with a crown of thorns to take off our poverty. I'm telling you, you let me you don't settle and think I'm going to always struggle. I know I used to have that mindset. I'm going to always struggle. I'm going to always be in debt. It really doesn't matter. Uh, the government we live in is in debt. Most of the governments of the world are in debt. Everybody's in debt. And I'll always be in debt. As long as I can make my minimums and keep going, I'm just going to keep going. Well, let me tell you what. That is not the way a Christian should think. 
you should think, wait a minute, debt is bondage. Debt controls whether I can go here or go there. Debt tells me what I can't do. I'm paying two to three to five times more for something with consumer debt. I, I have power been provided through the thorns that pierce the brow of Jesus to take the curse of poverty off of me so that now with a sound mind and a redeemed mind, I can set up a budget. I can have the blessing of God upon my hands or whatever I put my hands to will prosper and I can save and I can get out of debt and I can be used by God to advance his kingdom in a greater way than I, than I ever imagined possible because of the blood that Jesus Christ shed. He was nailed to a cruel cross to free us from a rugged and cruel world. So let me tell you, what, I know the world around us is, 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 is in a mess. It is in a mess. But let me tell you what, you, the Bible says we're pilgrims, meaning this world is really not our home. So we cannot allow the ruggedness and the cruelty of this world to settle in on us. We're ambassadors. We're here on assignment from another kingdom. We have the king's authority backing us. We have the kingdom's, the king's uh, provisions backing us. We have the king's name that we can use. And we have the king's blood that was shed for us to atone, to take care in that unseen realm and give us victory over anything that the enemy would try to do in this cruel world in, in destroying our lives. I'm, we need to rise up and be the church. We need to be who we are. He allowed himself to be put in bondage to free us from all bondage. That's what Passover is all about. When the blood of the Lamb was shed, it set them free from the bondage that the world system had put them in. Satan had used the empire of Egypt to bind them and control them. But let me tell you what, there is no government more powerful than the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of a lamb pointing to Jesus was more powerful than all the power of the most powerful nation in the world at that time, Egypt. Think about that. Here you had the most powerful nation in the world at that time and the most prosperous nation in the world at that time and with all of its power and with all of its resources, a little lamb that was not Jesus but just pointing to him its blood was enough to set them free and bring them out of slavery and bring them out with all the wealth of Egypt transferred over to them overnight. And they came through uh, that. Let me tell you what. And that was just a lamb's blood pointing to Jesus. You and I, we got a better covenant because we got the blood of Jesus who's written our covenant. Hallelujah. So we are not trapped anymore. We are saved. And we're to enter into this season of no limits. We're to enter into this season of no boundaries. We're to enter into this season. Nothing is holding you back. The Red Sea couldn't hold them back. Uh, Pharaoh couldn't hold them back. All the army of Egypt couldn't hold them back. All of the provision and, and all of the resources of Egypt couldn't hold them back. And let me tell you what, you shouldn't be held back either. Amen. Time to go forward. So let's look in Exodus chapter 12 and let's just let the word massage our spirit man. Let the word get into our soulish realm as well. Spirit, soul, and body. Let's, let's do the word as we hear the word and have our faith go to another, another level. In, in verse 1, let's just, just go over it together. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt saying, This month shall be your beginning. God said this is, this is going to be the beginning. This is a new day. This is a new season. Somebody needs that right now. 
ready to leave the old behind. This is a new day. This is a new beginning. Your trouble last year, your trouble up till this here time, let it go. Let it go. The anxiety that came with it, let it go. There's a new season, a new beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. So God said, let your first of the year, your, your independence, your spiritual birthday, let it be marked by this. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of the month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons, according to each man's needs, you shall make your count for the lamb. God is not going to let anybody fall through the cracks. I'm telling you, the devil's been telling somebody here that you really aren't that important and that God really hasn't done all this for you. He's a liar. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. Do you see what God did here? He says, I'm doing everything. Even if it's too small for the household to be able to take the lamb, I'm going to get the two small households to come together. We're going to make sure everybody is covered by this new season and this new day. Okay, then he says, verse 5, And your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses they, they're there to eat and where they are to eat it. So here they take the blood... And they go and they go on the doorpost with this hyssop branch, dip in the blood, and then they dip it in the blood and they go over the lintel. You know, they didn't even realize that they're 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 making a blood-drenched cross, all pointing to the cross and pointing to the Lamb of God. All of this is here. So he says, uh, verse 8, They shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire, with unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw, nor boiled at all, nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire. Its head with its legs and its entrails, you shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist and sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand, so you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. In other words, when you get it, when you get it, get ready. Get ready. Things are going to change. And the good thing is when you get it, when you get it, when you get what I'm teaching here, let me tell you what, things change. Put your sandals on, put your belt on, get your staff, get ready to move to the next level. Because that's God's whole purpose. I'm getting you out of here and I'm taking you to the promises that I have. So he says in verse 12, For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So he says, when I see the blood, I'll pass over. Safety is in your house. Deliverance is in your house. Promotion is in your house. A new season is in your house. Deliverance is in your house. When I see the blood, 
When I see the blood, remember Leviticus 17.11, I opened up with the life of the creatures in the blood. God said, I chose blood to be that which will atone for your soul. This is what's going to atone. This is what's going to give you your, your healing. This is what's going to give you your breakthrough. This is what's going to give you your prosperity. This is what's going to give you your, your deliverance and your freedom and your blessing and your favor. It's going to be through what the blood accomplishes. So here he says, when I see the blood, I'm going to pass over your house. Judgment will not come upon it. Favor will come upon it. And that kind of ties right into 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, where Peter is writing and he says, you've got to remember, uh, and he's talking to the Christian church there in 1 Peter, and he says, know this, that you're not redeemed. He's reminded, you weren't redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold. Uh, or, or from your aimless conduct that was received by traditions from your fathers. Not the traditions, all that stuff is not what redeemed you. He's reminding us, the church, he says, you are redeemed by the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. He is pointing right back to Passover and how God established it here in Exodus 12. Praise God. So the Passover in the Old Testament scriptures is the focal point understanding the power of the blood of Jesus. So much so that God never wanted us to forget the power that we have through the blood of Jesus. He never wanted us to second guess the power that has been provided for us. So he set this up, Passover to be every year they were to do it so that it would be ingrained and, and, and understood from generation to generation to generation. And even today, when Jesus made the transition from the actual Seder meal and giving us the bread and the cup as this Lord's table, and he, and he tells us, as often as we do this, we do it in remembrance of Him, and we do it uh, uh, not in an unworthy manner. We've got to remember the value of the blood. We've got to remember the value of the body of Jesus and the Lamb that came for us, and by faith in what He has done, is going to bring us all that was provided in the atonement. Praise God. So, all sacrifice that proceeds out of the Mosaic system is founded upon this principle of the blood. It, that's why many people have said Judaism and Christianity are bloody religion. There's a lot of blood in the Old Testament. When they come to a, before the Lord with any sacrifice, there was blood usually required because God didn't want them to forget that the power was through the blood, the life that comes, that abundant life was coming through the blood. But the good news is not that we today have to take a lamb and shed its blood, but that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God who shed his blood for us. But the same principle is our faith is in the blood that God has shed for us to bring our deliverance and our protection and our divine provision uh, for all of our needs and our future. So our salvation, going to heaven, is all based upon the blood of Jesus. Though my sin be as scarlet, be white as snow, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Thank God for his blood. Hallelujah. It was all fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus Christ. See, Jesus had not even yet begun his ministry, and he was appearing before the waters of baptism. If you remember, John the Baptist announced and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. So there he's pointing to him. This is that Passover Lamb, the Lamb of God, who will take away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. We have a possibility of being forgiven, our sins cleansed and washed and removed from us, the guilt removed from us, the condemnation removed from us because of the blood of the Lamb of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
So we must understand how important it is, the subject of the blood, and, 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 and we're, not, we're not dealing with some gory residue of ancient human superstition here. We're talking about the blood of Jesus. We're talking about the blood of the Son of God who came and dwelt among us. Amen? And His blood, Peter says, I want you to remind you, it's precious. He uses that word precious in the Greek. It means it is of such value. It is something that you want to guard. It's something you want to hold close to your heart. Something so precious, you know, you hold it close to your heart. You want to hold the covenant of the blood. You want to hold the, the doctrine of the blood of Jesus and what He has provided for us through the blood close to our heart. Hallelujah. And it addresses our sin. It addresses our human need. It addresses our human failure. It addresses human bondage in every other area. That's why I say the blood of Jesus is the CEF. That's what I call it, the CEF. It is the central economic factor. That's the businessman in me coming out. Okay, it's the central economic factor in all human order. And uh, so don't forget that. It is the basis. It is the central part of everything. And I believe it's what the Bible says when the Bible says Christ's blood will theme our praise forever because God is saying his blood will be the central economic factor in our lives. So get this. The power of the blood of Jesus is greater than both the energy of our own humanity and the power of our adversary all combined. Think about it. The power of the blood of Jesus is greater than the energy of all humanity and the power of the adversary and all those demons that fell with him combined. Here's all the devil and his demons at work and all of humanity lost and undone in their own uh, fallen state and the blood of Jesus comes in the midst of that war and that seemingly total loss and says, I'll overpower this situation and provide atonement for all who place faith in what I've done. Praise God. So the power of the blood of Jesus has the power to save us, to cleanse us, to revive us, to release us, to deliver us, to neutralize the enterprises of hell in our life and to neutralize the weaknesses of the flesh. There's more power in the blood of Jesus than we're giving it credit. There's more power in the blood of Jesus available to us that we're not taking advantage of. I was at a healing and health conference uh, over at Go Global Outreach Church this past Saturday, and they had health care workers there, and, and they wanted me to come in and talk about, uh, Pastor Cunningham wanted me to come in and talk about the healing rooms and the, the healing message in the Scripture, and, uh, and, and, I, and I shared that. And they were, they were just, their eyes were just open. Some of them were like, wow, I didn't realize all these resources were here. There was another lady there that was from one of the local municipalities, and they were she was talking about all the resources that were available through that city. And uh, she said, too many for me to even know. you got to go on the website. She said, I can't even tell you all the resources that are available. And, uh, but she named some big ones. And people are like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that was available. Wow. But then when they heard what was available in and through Jesus Christ and the Word of God and by the Spirit of God, they're like, there is no limitation. There is no limitation here. Hallelujah. I thank God for the blood of Jesus. And I believe God wants every believer to know and to understand so that you might appropriate or employ or apply the power of the blood in every tough situation in your life. 
You're not going to employ or appropriate or apply the power of the blood in a tough situation if you don't know what the blood has done and will do. The blood of Jesus. But when you know, let me tell you what, you can step it up to a whole different lifestyle because now everything the devil brings against you, the blood of Jesus against the works of the devil, the blood of Jesus against the lies of the enemy, the blood of Jesus against the chains of bondage that Satan tries to bring. Because Jesus said, God said, Le Leviticus 17, 11, I chose the blood as the, the, the source, that central economic factor. I've chose the blood to bring that abundant life to bring that freedom, to bring that healing, to bring that deliverance. Hallelujah. So, so we got to know it. So that's why I get excited, especially when these feasts come around every year. I get so excited. And we preach the blood all the time. But we really want to dig in and understand how what Jesus did in shedding his blood applies to us. So I'm going to give you four little uh, points here that we can take home with us, practical things of how this applies to us, and we can take this home with us. And the first one is this. Ain't he cute? And he's just so cute. How many of you want him for a pet? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay. <clears throat> the blood of the lamb that this lamb was pointing to, but we know that it's Jesus Christ, the blood of the lamb provides protection for us. It started in Egypt where God says, apply the blood, and, and the death angel passes over, sees the blood will pass over, and this house is protected. And that word protection in the Hebrew talks about redemption. This home is redeemed. Uh, what, what the enemy meant for evil has been redeemed, and, and it's not going to get what the devil wanted it to get. Uh, what the devil placed an order to be delivered at your front door, the order is going to be canceled. It's not going to be delivered into your household. Hallelujah. So we just thank God for the blood of God that provides for us protection. He's providing a way, not, not only for Israel's protection, uh, but he, this is to point to what Jesus was going to provide for us in covenant, the protection. So stop living in fear. Stop living with anxiety that you're going to lose it, that you're going to lose your family, that you're going to lose your health, that you're going to die early that you're going to get Alzheimer's, that you're going to get dementia, that you're going to get cancer, that you're going to go bankrupt, that you're going to whatever, get a divorce. <coughs> Stop letting the enemy torture you with these mindsets because all these are flaming arrows the enemy is sending to you. You've got to lift up your shield of faith, but, but you won't lift up your shield of faith if you don't understand what you're having faith to believe God for. So you've got to understand that the central economic factor that is the blood, so the blood has provided protection. So you need to say, like Pastor Tim, you can come up with your own story, but I'm going to live to be a healthy, 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 healthy old age, and I'm, I'm going to be as spry like Moses was in his latter years as he was in his younger years. I want to preach one of the best sermons I've ever preached. I don't know if that means it's going to be a short one because some people think the short ones are the better ones. And, uh, and I'm going to go to sleep and I'm going to wake up in glory. I'm not going out suffering. I'm not going out with disease. I'm, not go I'm just not going to allow that. Now, how do, I <coughs> how do I know that? How do I know that? Well, I know it not because I'm that great, but I know it because of my great God. And my great God has provided protection through the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. And I place my faith in the power of the blood. I place, when he says that the blood, I've chosen the blood, the life of the creature, abundant life is coming through the blood, the atonement is coming through the blood, that's where I place my faith. 
I don't place my faith in, well, you're uh, of this descent, and you've got this in your, your history of family disease, and you've got this going, and you've got that going. I don't, I don't listen to that, because that's Egypt. And Egypt tells me I'm a slave. Egypt tells me I'm poor. Egypt tells me my life doesn't matter. And if I die on the, on the, on the uh, workforce, they throw you right over and somebody else steps right in to work and building up uh, pyramids or whatever they were doing. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not in this world. I'm, 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 not, I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. This world system has great power. But the blood of Jesus puts me in another world system that has greater power. So I'm an ambassador. I'm here on assignment. And when my assignment's up, I'm, I'm ready to go. But I'm not, as an ambassador, I have royal protection. And I claim that. Now just like, and you've seen some movies of these presidents and their children or presidents and their, their uh, family, that, that some of the movies where they try to slip by the Secret Service so they can run out and be free and not, you know, always surrounded by Secret Service. I've seen, I forget the movie, but the kid you know, was trying to always get, around, get away from the Secret Service. If, you know, I'm not doing that. I've got the royal protection, and you do too, through the blood of Jesus. And I'm not trying to outsmart God and try to rebel and get out of His protection and get away from His, His uh, blessing and try to make it on my own. I've surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. Have you? I've surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. He is my Lord and Savior. He rules and reigns. I live for Him. Are you? Are you living for Him? You say, can I? Yes, you can. You've got to make a decision. Am I going to live for God or not? I've chosen to live for God, and when you live for God, now you can place faith in His provision and His promises, <clears throat> and one of those is He provides protection. Another one is that the blood of Lamb pro provides a means of deliverance. That means the things that while I was in this world and the devil got a chain over my ankle and uh, another demon got some other little uh, uh, hook on me and, and there's this bad habit and there's that bad habit and, and these things are holding me back and, and, and causing bondage in my life. Let me tell you what. <clears throat> I look to the blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus provides deliverance from any bondage. What Egypt put on them for 400 years didn't even, couldn't even hold a, a match against the delivering power of God when the blood came. And that blood has been provided. So you today can say, I am claiming deliverance from anything, whatever it is. Maybe, you, maybe there's a bondage to a substance. Maybe there's a bondage to you know, bad relationships. Maybe there's a bondage to food. Maybe there's a bondage to you know, talking negative. Maybe there's bondage to fear. Maybe there's bondage to pornography. Maybe there's bondage to, to stealing. I've seen people say, I just feel like I can't help myself. I've got to steal. Let me tell you what. These are bondages from the enemy, and you can be free. You can be free, but you have to know that and place your faith in what the blood has provided for you and claim your freedom in Jesus' name. And then the third thing he provides, the blood provides a promise of a new day. God literally said in Exodus 12 and 2, he, says, he said this, This month shall be your new beginning. 
This shall be the beginning. This is not, you're not going to live how you've been living. He said, I got a brand new day for you. Hallelujah. So the blood of the Lamb of God provides a promise of a new day. And I pray today that through the blood of Jesus Christ, you would go through the open door to begin to live a new day of blessing and favor and provision and godliness and righteousness and all that he has provided for us, that fresh new hope that comes through the blood of Jesus. Your past can be your past, and this can be a brand new day for you through the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And then the fourth and final, the blood of the Lamb provides a witness. It provides a witness. So as the blood was put over their doorposts and their lintel, it was a testimony there that this is a place of safety for anybody who wanted to come in out of the circle of death. And you know what? We as a church, we need to live in the power of the blood. And we need to have a testimony and witness so that the world can see that there's hope, that there's salvation, that there's deliverance, that there's provision from God, that there is a God. I'm telling you, the world needs to know that there is a living God through the witness and the testimony of the people of God who has applied the blood of the Lamb to their lives. Hallelujah. Did you know the Bible says there were Egyptians, there were some Egyptians who saw the witness of what God was doing for the people of God that they came into their houses that night and there were Egyptians that were spared because they had come into the house where the blood had been applied. I'm telling you, there's a world of people living around us. There's neighbors, there's our near ones that maybe do not know about the blood of Jesus. And if they can't see the deliverance in you, if they can't see the joy in you, if they can't see the provision of God in you, if they can't see the favor of God on you, if they can't see the joy unspeakable and full of glory on you, then there's no witness, there's no testimony that there's anything different about your life than their life. Let me tell you what, we need to let our light shine. Hallelujah! We are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And we need to provide a witness that the blood has set us free. That the covenant we have in the blood that was written with the blood of Jesus provides for us even better promises than the great blessings of the Old Testament. You can read all those blessings in Deuteronomy 28. They're good. Man, you can shout, you can dance, you can write a song. They're good. They make you happy. But the covenant we have has better blessings. Better promises, the Bible says, in our lives. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what. Today our world has no more value than Pharaoh had for these things that, that the, uh, the people of God. The world is blind. The world doesn't see it. The world doesn't know it. There's a hardness of heart. But let me tell you what. When you start providing the witness of the hand of God and the love of God and the delivering power of God and sins being forgiven by the blood of Jesus. Let me tell you why. I'm telling you, there are people just like they did in Egypt. They came over to Goshen and they said, can we come in? Can we come in? And they invited them in. Let me tell you why. Because they saw that the blood of Jesus, it protects, it delivers, it opens doors to a new day and becomes a witness and an invitation to others from the very lives that we live that God is on the throne. He is on the throne. So I just encourage you. I encourage you as we go into the rest of this week and we prepare for what we call Good Friday, uh, this, uh, this coming Friday at 7 o'clock, 
and prepare for uh, coming around the Lord's table and taking the blood of the grape that points to the blood of Jesus and the, and the bread that points to the body of Jesus, that we will come with faith, that we will come uh, having said, this is that new season, this is the beginning, this is that new day, and I'm not going to live beneath the privileges of what God has provided for us because as he said in Leviticus 17.11, the life of the creature is in the blood. And God said, I've chosen the blood as an atonement. It is through blood that I'm going to atone for your soul. Let me tell you why. We know that that lamb that came from heaven has shed his blood, the lamb of God. And now for 2,000 plus years, we still have access. We still have access to the privilege and the provision of what his blood has brought to us. But we must believe that. You must believe to receive. You say, oh, I want to receive all of what God has for me. Well, he says you've got to believe it in order to receive it. And I pray that through the preaching of the word and showing the, the importance of the blood uh, here in this message tonight is help you and your faith reach out and embrace, embrace what Jesus has provided for us in and through his body and his blood and in and through his crucifixion, his death, that burial and the resurrection and the ascension and the sending of his Holy Spirit to us. Amen. So I close with 1 Peter 1, 18 again and 19. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. None of that could redeem you. None of that could pay the ransom. None of that could set you free. None of that could give you this new season. None of that could bring you out of bondage into the, the blessings of the Lord. He says, but you've been redeemed with the precious blood. Oh, take it and say precious blood, precious blood. With the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Father, we just stand in your presence tonight and we thank you, God. We thank you for how your word brings to us over and over the consistent theme of your great love, your amazing grace. Hallelujah. And Lord God, we, we stand here tonight and we say thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for your willingness to come and to lay aside the splendor of glory and step out of the portals of heaven and to come and, and to be born through a virgin and born an innocent little babe that was so uh, uh, vulnerable, but yet to grow and to keep yourself pure and to, to be the sacrifice for each and every one of us. Thank you for shedding your blood, sinless blood. Lord God, that we can be redeemed by your blood. Thank you, God, that your blood has brought to us deliverance and your blood has brought to us atonement and your blood has brought to us protection and your blood has brought to us a witness, Lord God. Thank you. Thank you. And I pray tonight, God, that there would be each and every one under the sound of my voice who would say right now, I place my faith in Jesus Christ. I place my faith in the person and the work of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I surrender surrender to him. I just pray God every person here would say I surrender to you Jesus. You love me so much and you provided everything for me. I place my faith in you. Oh just say it right now out loud. Jesus I place my faith in you. Come on. Jesus I place my faith in you. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. You are my Redeemer. I love you Jesus. I serve you Jesus. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me afresh. 
Fill me anew, Lord God, that I can go forth and be a witness unto you. Hallelujah. And Lord, we thank you again for your word. We thank you for the presence of your spirit. We thank you, Lord God, for the anointing that will go with us. And if we'll take this word into the highways and the byways, this blood message will bring atonement to those who hear it. Lord God, as they see its work in and through our lives, to you be the glory and the honor and the praise. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.